all good relationships are developed on asking questions of the person that's sitting across from you, right? I mean, this is what you're doing. This is kind of what your job is here on a podcast. But when we're having a conversation, you really shouldn't be talking much. You should be writing down the answers to the questions that you're asking. And that's why um, role-playing and script practicing is critical because you need to know what you're supposed to be saying to people and asking them so that you ask the right questions. You're listening to The Real Estate Sessions. I'm your host, Bill Risser, with Fidelity National Title, Tampa District. Thanks for tuning in as we uncover the stories of leaders in our industry. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 218 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. As I always say, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for so much for telling a friend. It's how we continue to grow this little corner of the internet. And I'm very excited. I'm live again. This is two times in this week, twice this week, I've been able to sit across the table from my guest instead of doing a remote you know, with computers and technology and stuff across the country. I'm here. I'm sitting in South Tampa. And by the way, I'm going to ask my guest about South Tampa because this place rocks for all kinds of different things. I'm here with Michelle Herndon, the Ben Kinney Expansion Team Partner here in Tampa. I'm really excited to find out a lot about the, what she's doing in Tampa and down, we'll call it the South Shore, but also with Ben Kinney. Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks. So I, I think I found something rare in the uh, state of Florida. And are you a Floridian? Are you a Florida native? Well, uh, semi. I've been here since I was eight years old. Okay, so where so, were you before that then? Connecticut. Oh, okay. Whereabouts in yes, Connecticut? Waterbury. You know, we have a mutual friend that's from Connecticut. Yes. Who would that be? Anthony Melafranti, <laughs> my paisano. <laughs> Anthony, Anthony's a lot of fun. Anthony's um, one of my best guest bookers. I think yes. Anthony connected us, right? Yes. Via, via email. And so we could get together and have a conversation. So, uh, so you get down to whereabouts in Florida did you end up as an eight-year-old? Uh, we lived in Fort Lauderdale. Okay. And how long were you there? A long time? On the, oh, on the... yeah. We just moved to the Tampa area in 2005. Wow. So pretty okay. much my whole so you life. you grew up down there. I uh, have to ask you this question. So you're south. You're near Miami. So Dolphins, Heat, Marlins, Panthers. You can only choose one team. Which one is it? Dolphins. Oh, really? Yeah. So... Can I ask you, you were you saw Marino, right? Yes. So that's really how... Oh, I used to follow Dan Marino around the clubs back when I was in my 20s. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You followed Dan... You just like shadowed him? Well, we would go to the clubs that we knew he would be at. And then just kind of wait for him to show up. Yes. Yeah, that's great. And just look at him. We didn't do anything else. <laughs> that's awesome. So dolphins all the way. So I have to ask you this question. How are you feeling right now? We just... Need to get through this rough patch a little bit or maybe with change the, the coach, probably. Yeah, I know they just lot, hired him, right? But. Yeah, there's a lot going on with the Dolphins. I um, became a fan back in 1972, the undefeated season. Wow. So my dad, we didn't have a whole lot of money, but my dad had season tickets and we had five kids and we each got to go to one or two games. Oh, he rotated season, it and so, took yeah. somebody different. Okay, yeah. so you had all that fun. You had Shula yeah. and Zonka and Greasy. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's that's awesome. I mean, I, I was... You know, I, I was a kid at the time and, and remember everything about it. You know, even to this day, there's some people who get a little upset about that 72 Dolphins team, like the whole bottle of champagne thing. And when, <laughs> when, some, when someone finally loses, they crack it open and yeah. celebrate their undefeated season. Yeah. They can thank the Giants for that, for beating the Patriots. I'm sure you were you love that. Yes. As a Dolphins fan. Yes, right? yes. That's awesome. So what, what was school for you? Where did you end up going to school? Did you stay in Florida? 
well, I went off to uh, Young Harris College in Georgia for my first two years and cruised through those two years. Went to the University of Georgia when Herschel and I wa- uh, rode the same bus. Wow. And then I, my mom made me come home. When she had moved to North Carolina, I went home because I changed my major five times in one semester. And so I went home to North Carolina, which was her home, not my home. And then I went back to Fort Lauderdale and went to finished. I won't tell you about the other 10 schools I went to, but I got my bachelor's degree from Florida International in hospitality management. And I got my master's degree at uh, Florida Atlantic in um, educational leadership. You know, we're recording this episode two days after Florida International beat my Miami. So that I'm sure they're partying down there. Right? Oh that's, yeah, that's great. That's yeah. awesome. They, <clears throat> Butch Davis, I think, is the coach at at FIU. You got Lane Kiffin at FAU. Mm. There's some weird. I'm, I love football. I love sports, and so it's weird to watch this whole thing grow in yes. Florida. So cool. Very yeah. good. So you get your degree. Um, you're going to be a teacher. Is that what you're thinking at that time? I got my associate's degree in education, okay. and then I switched when I um, started working in the restaurant and hotel business. I went to hospitality management. Gotcha. And so I have an associate's in education, a bachelor of science in hospitality management, and then I met a technical center principal while I was serving cocktails as a bartender, and I got a job as a teacher, and so I got certified as a teacher. In the state of Florida, you don't have to have a degree in education. You just have to get certified and take the classes that you need in your certification area. Gotcha. gotcha. So I don't know if you know this, but and, and regular listeners will. Number one and two jobs that somebody had before they became a realtor. Number one is bartender. Number two is teacher. So you're like, there was, you were predetermined. You were destined to become a (laughs) a realtor. You just didn't know it in your 20s, probably. Oh, so here's the thing. I was a realtor in my 20s. So how's that? I worked for a hotel that wanted to sell boat slips at Bahia Mar, which is still there on Fort Lauderdale Beach. They were land leasing the docks for like 99 years, but they needed someone to have their license. So they paid for me to get my real estate license. I got my license. We sold some docks. I sold one house to my best friend. She still lives in it. And I rented a house to my sister and I hated it. There was no technology. There was no GPS. There was none of that. So that's when I kind of rolled into the the whole teaching thing. Okay. So somewhere though, as throughout the teaching career where, you know, you've got to come to this point where you decide it's time or I want to make a change and, and real estate somehow appears. Well, so it was early 2000s. Um, I'm a late bloomer in every sense of the word. I got married late in life. Um, We had a baby late in life. And as it turned out, real estate kind of became a hobby with the advent of Realtor.com. It just Mm -hmm. kind of became a, a hobby. And we bought and sold a lot of houses and we wound up moving over here because of my husband's job. They moved the boat manufacturing business to Palmetto. I was never going to live in Palmetto. Um, no offense to you in Palmetto. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But we that's how we wound up in Apollo Beach, and I was staying at home with my son unexpectedly because of all the moves, because of the business moving, and I decided to get my license again. That makes sense. Apollo Beach for your husband's commute was nothing. Nothing. I mean, he was Not in Palmetto, Palmetto in no time, mm-hmm. yeah, and, but there's some beautiful areas in Apollo Beach, yes. and so you, that's great. Let's, let's talk about your first brokerage. D- did you start with Keller Williams? No. Okay, who were you with first? 
Uh oh. We don't have to talk about them, just their name. (laughs) Cole Banker, a local franchise, not the international one. Okay. And Mm -hmm. then how long were you there before you? Is the next step Keller Williams? No, one year. And then I partnered because I didn't know anyone in the area. I was new to the area and almost new to real estate again after being out of it for so many years. Right. I partnered with a local realtor who had been an agent since she was 18, and we were both in our early 40s, and uh, she and I decided to have our own little boutique, and she was the broker, and it was just the two of us. Wow. So So. that goes on for how long? One year. One more year. Okay. Because then it was 2008, and uh, the market tanked in September, and December 1st, I hung my license with Keller Williams. Okay. Now, you'd spent a year at Cobalt Banker, which is a heavy education-based kind of a company. You spent a year with a boutique brokerage, probably not so much training, but mentorship mm-hmm. from this person. Yes. So you then you walk into Keller Williams. Where I'm sure the education part of it had to be a big factor for you. Were you still looking for that, or at this point, were you pretty sophisticated? Uh, no. Uh, the reason why I was even drawn to Keller Williams was because of my teaching background. I actually wanted to do some training for them. Awesome. Which is initially why I went to the KW office in Apollo Beach. Okay, so every Keller Williams I've w- ever walked into, there's a there's attention to detail to that training center. Yes. In every single one you walk into. Yes. And so you wanted to be back up in front of the class a little bit. Yes. And have those conversations about what you knew and what you learned. Mm-hmm. Good. So we're in the short sale. Mm-hmm. We'll call it the dark days. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did that part go for you? Were you able to uh, figure that out and adapt and, and move forward with it? Yeah. So like I said, I, I joined in December of 2008 and there wasn't much other business to be had at that point. And all I know how to do is work hard. And so many people jump ship and got off the gravy train of people banging on your door to buy and sell real estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't happening anymore. So I just jumped in feet first uh, and just started working short sales and one of them was our own home so i mm-hmm. really cut my teeth on yeah on so short just sales. learning that process uh, there you know i found that so many people that made that made that commitment to cuz really you know ultimately you're helping people yes that short sale that that's so is such a traumatic tough experience right yes. as you mentioned having been through it you knew exactly what these people were feeling and mm-hmm. and trying to explain to them this really is the best move i know yes. you want to try and stay here and stick it out or do whatever but looking long term you got to make this move right so i'm just guessing that that sort of compassion and that sort of service has really played out well for you over the last, let's say, 10 or 11 years. Yeah, I I think that that's what a lot of agents lose sight of is that we really are here to help. And of course, the bonus is we get to make money too, and we all do a job to be able to make money. But if you lose sight of the fact that we really are here to help people buy and sell and build wealth through real estate, you lose that and you're out for the almighty dollar, you're never going to get it. Right. Let's talk about the two distinct markets you work in now, right? Hmm. So South Shore, Apollo Beach, um, it's a very unique area in the hills, far southern Hillsboro County, yeah. right on the east side of Tampa Bay as yes. it kind of runs down towards Manatee County. And we're sitting here in the office on Henderson in beautiful South Tampa, just a stone's throw from Hyde Park. And 
I drove by HB Plant here on the way here just because I've never been through that neighborhood. And oh my mm-hmm. gosh, yeah. that's amazing. Yes. So talk about just maybe the differences between the two. Just a real quick hit between what's South Shore like versus South Tampa. Well, there's the price points, okay. right? Like yeah. there's many of the same price points, but the bang for your buck in Apollo Beach is huge. And and uh, that's happened just because of the downturn in the market. Um, like South Tampa didn't take the hit that the South Shore took back in the short sale and bank-owned days. Right. It just didn't. But the, the biggest difference um, – is that the homes and I'll, I'll tell you from a perspective of someone who just moved here two years ago. Okay. Apollo Beach is newer, newer homes. And, and when I say newer, like the Mirabays and Andalusia was built in the 80s and 90s, but Mirabay was early 2000s into 2010s and they're still building in there. New community, water set, brand new homes going in there. So you come from the South Shore area thinking the majority of the homes are new-ish, if not brand new, right? right? You come right. to South Tampa and there's a lot of teardowns going on and a lot of new builds going on here too. But there's a lot of older homes here that people have rehabbed and remodeled and you're going to pay for that, a smaller home here, what you would pay for almost a brand new home with a pool in Apollo Beach, right? right? So there's a, there's, and good deals for different types of people. You either want to be in the city and have access to a lot of stuff, or you can manage the suburbs. And that was the first time when we lived in Apollo Beach for 12 years, we had never lived in a suburb before. I'm a city girl. I, I had access to everything yeah. until we Within moved Within a five-minute or ten-minute drive, you yes. had everything. Not, you know, some, yeah. some things from Apollo Beach are going to be 20 miles yes. up the 75. Yeah. yeah. And right. so um, when we moved there in 2005 – my prerequisites, my son was just turning three. I needed a McDonald's within five minutes. I needed a Costco within 15 or 20. And I needed a Target within about 20. And I needed a Publix right down the street. And that gave me all of those. That's- yeah, it did. It's funny. I've, I've, I've done a lot of work at the Keller Williams office your your, your license yeah. is at. And I know where the Publix is. I know where the Mickey D's is. The Costco's up on the causeway. Right? Yes. Am I okay? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> For all the national listeners, just look at it on the map. It's great. Yeah. Um, so, and when you talk about old properties in South Tampa, we're talking about things built in the 10s and 20s and 30s. I mean, yes. they've been here a long time. Some of these beautiful brick homes yes. and just crazy nice stuff, and the right? bungalows. Yeah, the and then bungalows. little tiny homes, that, you know, yes. thousand square feet that have been there forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very cool. And then you got this whole Bay Shore area. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, it's just the... crazy what, what's going on here. Yes. Davis Island, Harbor Island, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about your business, right? Okay. So you you have a team now. Let's. What does the team look like? How many people are on the team? So, what are the roles? Yeah, right now, you know, uh, we have one operations manager. She's our, our big admin. And then we have a transaction coordinator who is remote. Um, who we've been working with, I don't know, for five years. Wow. She's Isn't awesome. That awesome? They, yeah. She just knows everything that's going on at, you yeah. know, in the whole process. And she, she, um, she transitions with our systems, like when we had our big move to Brivity, mm-hmm. and she totally was all on board with that. Anyway, so we have those two as our admin, and we have seven agents right now. Wow. And I want to grow by five. So I want to grow to 10 and then 15. And, and really, my ultimate goal is to be at about 20 agents on our team. Okay. So actively uh, recruiting right now? Just throwing that out there always, if someone's listening? Always. <laughs> okay. Always looking for agents. For the right that, fit, I'm yes, sure, I'm sure oh, for you. It's, um, it's, 
you know, being on uh, doing real estate itself is is not easy. But to be on a Ben Kenny team, it's not for the faint of heart. I take I talk to people about that all the time. We yeah. have very high standards. We have we have very specific things that we do. Mm-hmm. And I've sat across the table from a lot of people who yeah, yeah, I want to be held accountable. And yes, I will do that. And yes, I'll do this. And then they're like, no. <laughs> I, I, where you mentioned Ben Kinney, and we have to talk about Ben, and, and I'll bring something up here. One of my favorite pieces of stuff that you can still find online that Ben crafted back in the day was the 10 Days of Pain. Yes, and we still have it. You still use it. Yes. It's still there. Yeah. Yes. And for those that just want to Google that phrase, it's available now kind of everywhere. I think it was mm-hmm. proprietary back in the day, but it's it's now out there. And it really was like what you have to do for the first 10 days you've m- generally met somebody via the internet, right? How do you qualify and stick with them and figure out where they're at in the process? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Look it up, 10 days of pain. That's that's great. So let's, your business today, um, because I know being a Ben Kinney operation, lead generation is a big part of what they do. However, Ben, in the last eight to 10 years, maybe seven to eight years, he's really focused hard on taking care of your customers and that whole back-end referral, taking care of everything. What does it look like for you? What, what's your breakdown of your business? Because my guess is you know. What percentage is you know, referral sphere-based and client-based versus new leads, new generated, you know, new prospecting? Yes. Yeah, so we are still at about 65% um, past clients and referrals. And when by referrals, I mean past client referrals, mm-hmm. um, you know, sphere referrals and other agents around the country referrals. Sure. So we're about there and then we can break it down further. I was just looking at my numbers the other day. We have a lot of our people who come into Brivity mm-hmm. using our SEO and, you know, Facebook ads, Instagram and all of that, that we have by mostly buyers are coming from that, but we're getting some sellers because we have an awesome um, market report that we set everyone who asks for evaluation and everyone we know, we set them up on a market report and every two weeks they're seeing what's going on in their neighborhood. Nice. And, and it's that's Pretty awesome. It's brevity. Wow, yeah. And so um, we're getting listings by doing that too. Okay. And then my farm, I, I, we own, a, uh, we're at, I think, 18% of the listings share in our farm in Mirror Bay wow. right now. Yeah. So are you top dog? I would imagine 18% um, is pretty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So. You're like, yes, of course, Bill. <laughs> 18, <laughs> didn't you hear me? I said 18%. <laughs> and there's only like 5,000 realtors that, work in, that would love to work in Mirror Bay. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about Ben and your relationship. I think it was okay. around 2018 when you uh, became a, a partner in the Ben Kinney operation. He is a, almost in every state around the country, I would imagine. Yeah. He's really expanded. And I would say he's like the godfather of the team building. I don't know of anybody that would got as big as Ben did as fast as Ben did back in you know, 10 years ago. Yes. It's all the rage now. Yeah. And they have Ben to thank for it. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. So Ben is part of a core group that started that whole expansion thing with Gary Keller. They called them the pirates back then and Kristen Cole. And, but Ben is, is, um, huge in the, that expansion area because he did it organically. Ben was one of the few that actually expanded with um, teams. And then, and, and it was that, you know, we get leads like, 
We get people calling us if he did radio ads, and so they'd be a little outside of the Bellingham area, and so he would have to refer it out. Well, then he just he became partners with someone who worked those areas. Right, that's and how it expanded started. expanded out, and yeah. then um, Adelina Rotar was his first expansion partner in Austin. I think that was three or four years ago. I'm, okay. I'm not really sure. I'm not really good with time frames. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so she was the first one, and then from there, he just started expanding out to other states. We have three teams in California. He's got all of the partners up in Washington State. He's in Idaho, Albuquerque, New Mexico, Nashville, um, Atlanta. Two of us in Florida, Dustin, Don Burt, and her husband, Robert. Up on the panhandle, right? Yes. Yeah. Missoula, Montana. Wow. Lake of the Ozarks, Jamie. Oh, are yeah, there are there get-togethers? Is there oh, a, yes. an annual so, event? Oh, where funny everybody... <laughs> that you should say that. Yeah, we have uh, expansion partner retreats where all of the partners get together. Um, we also get together during all of the Keller Williams events like Mega Camp Makes and sense, right? Family Reunion. But we actually have a retreat coming up. We're going to Bellingham on the 15th and 16th of December. Oh, excellent. So we'll a be there with all the partners. A little holiday retreat with yes. everybody. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Good. I'm passionate about the R word in real estate, and which is relationships. I yes. think it's so critical. And, you know, I, I've started calling when I, when I talk to realtors about maybe their online lead generation and what they're trying to accomplish. And, and really I'm not, I've never done, I'm not an expert, but I know really smart people like you and Ben and other people that I follow and I learn from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I always like to call them like opportunities for conversations. It's too, yes. Dan Stewart told me last week, that's too wordy, mm-hmm. but that's what a lead is. It's just yes. an opportunity to talk to somebody. Yes. And then how do you handle and how do you build that? So talk about how do you talk to your team and, and um, maybe even had flowed through Ben, whatever it is, what, how do you start those relationships and foster those relationships? I think this will really help the audience. So I think it's all about the questions, right? Like we have to stop just talking for the sake of talking. As I just did for the last minute, asking you this question. Okay. Thanks, no, thanks no. Michelle. No, no, but that's the fact of the matter, right? Like uh, all good relationships are developed on asking questions of the person that's sitting across from you, right? I mean, this is what you're doing. This is kind of what your job is here on a podcast. But when we're having a conversation, you really shouldn't be talking much. You should be writing down the answers to the questions that you're asking. And that's why um, role-playing and script practicing is critical because you need to know what you're supposed to be saying to people and asking them so that you ask the right questions so that you can get, hopefully, a great answer. Yeah, I I, I call that intentional listening, which there's I think thousand books written on that topic. Right. And I well, I always say this. I say, uh, my wife I've been married thirty one years, and so I know at the end of the day when I get home, I have to do one thing every single day, and it shouldn't be a chore. It should just be be a loving thing. Yes. But I'm a dude, so it's <laughs> <laughs> but it's listen intentionally to her day. Yes. Right. What happened in your day? And mm-hmm. that's what you're talking. We know it works in our personal lives, yet. When you get into the world of business and real estate specifically, all of a sudden we become, I got to tell everybody what I know yeah. instead of just sitting back and, and, um, and, you know, letting those questions kind of decide how you're going to handle that. Right. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that answer. Um, uh, you mentioned brevity. So let's talk about that. Okay. This is Ben Kinney being not only just a creating, you know, first of all, a very successful realtor in Bellingham that's turned into this other thing, this massive operation, but brevity's kind of his thing. He built this, you know, he, he, it was his vision 
to have this solution. Right. And let's talk about that a little bit, how that works for you. So for us, Brivity is all-encompassing, right? Like we don't have to go to 10 different places uh, to do the 10 different things that we have to do that actually all should be tied together. So we're, we have our contact management system in Brivity. We have our transaction management system in Brivity. We're able to do our CMAs out of Brivity. We send the market reports from Brivity. We have a valuation system in Brivity. It just all is tied together. And the idea behind it and Ben's whole, um, you know, I'm not speaking for him, but it's my understanding that Ben really wants Brivity to do 75% of the stuff that we have to do so that we can do the job that really is our job. And that is work with people. Right, right. So he's got AI that's... um, integrated into it now and every day there's something new coming out of development which to me is the exciting part about um, being a customer and being part of the Ben Kenny companies because it's out there available to everybody right and Ben Ben and Gary, I'm just going to guess, and I say Gary, Gary Keller, mm-hmm. I'm assuming they're very close. Yes. Yeah. They, <laughs> so. Yeah. So Ben's been a top agent. The first time I saw him up on stage, I had been a KW agent for two years. I think it was 2009. Um, he was up there as the young gun, yeah. you know, and yeah. um, they have uh, they have developed a really strong relationship. So my guess is that, that Ben's even probably been a consultant or a part of that team of those top agents that I think Gary's kind of looked at and said, hey, how do we want to... How, what do we want to do here? Because he made a big uh, announcement a few years ago when he said, we are going to create a technology that's going to take care of everything that our agents need to do, right? And the consumer. And the consumer, yeah. yeah that platform, that mm-hmm. place where things can happen back and forth. And not only that, but I guess vendors can be a part of that as well yes. on that platform. Mm-hmm. That's called command. Yes. And so command has been um, coming out in phases. Is that a safe way to put it? Yes. Kind of in things. And so right yeah. now, the let's talk about where command is right now. For you and mm-hmm. how you use it, and do you see down the road it you know all this kind of playing nice with Brivity, or how does all that play out? Yeah, so there is uh, there is integration already with Brivity where it syncs through PySync. Don't ask me what that is; okay. I just know the words. <laughs> okay. um, but it syncs back and forth. Brivity syncs back and forth, and some of the other vendors do too. And right now for us, what we're using it for is because we are on the Brivity platform, um, we're using it just for to get paid. I mean, that's just the, the only way to put it. Like this is where we're going to upload all of the forms for compliance and send it all over so that we can get paid through our market center and get our, our disbursement authorizations. Yeah, it makes sense that. The first part of command that's going to work is the back engine, the yes. back office accounting, compliance, all that good stuff. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. There are a lot of agents that are using it, using the website, using it for marketing and all of that. But awesome. we, we have that with Brivity, so right. I'm not going to. So that'll all, somehow that's all going to play and mesh together. It's all yes. part of the plan because, yes. you know, Brivity is, was created by one of the top KW agents in the country. Right. So that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Let's, let's switch gears just a little bit. We're in Tampa. The iBuyers are here. Yes. The disruptors. I'll use the D word that's mm-hmm. getting kind of cliche-ish. Um, so OfferPad, Open Door, Zillow Instant Offers, all that great stuff. What's your take? My take is I just got certified to be a Keller Offers through OfferPad agent. And so I can offer that to my sellers as an option. So um, Gary Keller is a smart guy, right? Yeah. So he came up with this system and partnered with OfferPad where I can go into a listing appointment. And in the city of Tampa, well, there are limitations. Like you, it has to be 450, 450,000 or lower. It has to be built after 1940. And you can offer them. 
this service, yep. Mr. Seller. Would you like this option? Like OfferPad will buy your house. Do you want to get an offer from them? And they say yes or no, and they can decide yes or no. And then the other option is I'll list your house. Right. Right. Yeah. So I get I get to be involved on both sides, right? If they decide to take the OfferPad offer, then we'll list the house for them. For we'll list it for OfferPad. Right, for that yeah. price. That's mm-hmm. great. So, yeah, I knew, you know, that all the, we'll call the big brokerages, right? Keller Williams has theirs, Caldwell Banker, Realogy, those companies mm-hmm. are going to come out with that same sort of thing. Right. I think Remax is doing the same thing. It's mm-hmm. important. I think that if you look back 10 years ago, if you had a seller that was desperate and had to get out fast, didn't you take care of them? Yeah. There just wasn't this website to go to. Right. Instead, you had like local hard money guys or flippers who could get it off their hands quickly with very little energy on the seller's part. But they're going to pay for that service. Right. And now it's just been institutionalized. Mm -hmm. So you don't see them as a bad thing. No. I mean, the, the sad reality is the whole real estate landscape has changed. And it's changed because of this and because of the Zillows. And uh, all of these people weren't around, Redfin, Zillow, all of these guys weren't around 10 years ago. And the the fact of the matter is we just have to work smarter and harder and do more business. That's it. I mean, if they're going to change the way that we get paid or maybe even how much we get paid, we just need to do more and be better. I love that. I love that. Answer. I know a, a big team back in Phoenix who says the same thing. Why do we feel like, show me how you earned that commission. If, yeah. if it was all just to push a couple buttons, what did you really do? Yeah. You know, so really showing your value and, and then providing value for what you, because what you do is help people with the most important thing they'll probably mm-hmm. ever do in their lives, right? Exactly. I love that. That's great. Yeah. I love that awareness. Um, so let's talk about how you, how you're really touching your sphere what mm-hmm. what does that look like you mentioned the market reports is there anything else that you do or that through brivity that really um, keeps you connected to your people well so we set up auto plans in brivity and to be very honest with you i coached with michael mayer mm. you know michael yeah, yeah. and so he wrote 7l and so i coached with him for 4 or 5 years and i was all the 7l and i was all about staying in touch with my people and i had everybody on these plans and everything and i have my plans in brivity and I have been horrible at them. Mm. And so it's on my 2020, on my 135 GPS. It's all this Keller Williams goal setting stuff. But that is on on my goal list for 2020 is to get back to staying in touch with people that I know on a regular basis rather than just, you know, every now and then or whatever. And to do more events for my people, with my people, and in front of my community. Because what I look back on all my business business over the years, what were my best years and when did I have the most new business that came from people that I knew? Because to me, that's the easiest um, business to get is just to prove your worth through other people who are your advocates. And so just to get back to that. And Brivity provides a great platform for it with the auto plans. And we are right now going through all of our auto plans so that I can get back to that. Tomorrow, we have pies that we're giving, Thanksgiving pies, to thank our past clients. Anybody who signs up can come get a pie. Nice. Um, So little things like that, right? But it gives us an opportunity to actually talk to our people and find out, do they need our help? And And sometimes the conversation isn't even about real estate. It's just catching up. And right. that's it. And that's really, I, I think we just lose sight of that fact, right? It's mm-hmm. just, just talking to somebody about anything. Yes. As a realtor, you, you could talk about anything. 
And ultimately, it's going to end up kind of where things ultimately end up. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It just comes back to that. I love that. Yeah. Well, I'm watching our time here, and I've had you the 30 minutes I asked you your time. So I'm going to wrap up with the same question I've asked every guest since day one. And that's what one piece of advice would you give a new agent? Number one, we're here to help. Like that is your job. You're here to help someone follow the path of whether they're buying or selling and help them along to get to where they want to go, not where you want them to go. And number two, it's that I wish that someone had said, don't be afraid of lead generation. And because I had never heard those words before until I became a Keller Williams agent. And that is the crux of our business. And I wish it wasn't called lead generation. I don't even like to call people a lead. Like it would be relationship building. Don't forget about that because that is what's going to drive your business. People are not going to come and knock down your door like they did back in 2002 and three in the crazy market that was back there. It's just not the reality anymore. You have to go out and develop relationships and, and you can choose the way that you do that. It can be with just people that you know. It can be with people on the internet. It can be with people through doing open houses, networking, whatever. But you have to consistently every day, Michael had, uh, I had a quote on my wall for the longest time and that was, someone in Tampa Bay needs my help today. It's my job to go and find them. That's it. That's what you should know as a new agent. Michelle, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? So you can reach me. (laughs) Well, I have like 22 phone numbers. Um, Well, you know, a phone call, a text. um, You can go to our website, tampahomesandbeyond.com or bkttampa.com and sign up or call me. I'm free with my phone number, 813-856-9822. Text me, call me, whatever. Michelle, thank you so much for your time today. This was really a blast. I knew it was going to be fun. Uh, Any friend of Anthony's, right? (laughs) (laughs) He's he's, he's, he's an amazing guy. But you're doing some very cool stuff. It was really neat to have this time to talk with you. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it.